Welcome to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast, a ministry of Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We do everything we do because we believe life with Jesus is better. If you like what you hear, we'd love to have you swing by and join us for worship. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and have other groups and ministries on various days of the week. You can learn more by going to wakeparkchurch.org. Today's reading comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. We'll be on page uh, 718 in your pew Bible if you wish to follow. The parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not bring God... And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones and cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Here ends the reading. My turn, I guess. For you who are just waking up, good morning. Uh, Pastor Corey asked me to preach this morning. You may not know his schedule, but he's down in St. Louis at the General Conference of the Wesleyan Church. We have those every four years. Uh, On this occasion, it's been six years because of the pandemic, and it got put off and then put off again. And so finally, the Wesleyan Church is having their quadrennial general conference every six years. You figure that out yourself. Uh, uh, Terry is down there too, so uh, Wade Park has the privilege of having, I don't know how many delegates from Iowa, Minnesota, perhaps no more than eight. Uh, One-fourth of them are from Wade Park representing you and us in the district at the general conference of the Wesleyan Church. When, when Corey asked me to preach this morning, uh, I think this is the second time I've preached during this series on, on Luke. Uh, the first thing I did was uh, read the assigned passage, which has just been read for us, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. And there are two things that really jumped out at me as I read it. Now, whether they jumped out previously when I've read it or not, but they jumped out this time when I read that uh, brief paragraph Uh, of scripture. Uh, The first is the way it begins. In verse 1, he talks about this widow. He told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and according to the NIV, not give up. Now, uh, other translations uh, render it a bit differently. Uh, The Bible I'm holding and I study from says, don't lose heart. Well, that, that says it well. The message, which is uh, a little more expansive, uh, says pray consistently and never quit. 
I think perhaps the, uh, the most vivid and picturesque translation comes from, if you believe it or not, the, the old King James, and not faint. You get the picture of somebody that's running a race, and they've expended all of their energy, and they just fall down. In fact, I think I saw a headline the last day or two, a race someplace, where somebody actually fell and died. And then several others got sick as well. Because they, they just expended all of their energy, and they had nothing more to give, and they collapsed. And the old King James says, and not faint. The second verse that jumped out at me is, is the way the passage ends. Um, after going through the story of the widow that has some complaint that isn't being satisfied by the judge who is unrighteous, he, he only responds to people that can pay him under the table or, or whatever the case may be. And she just keeps going to him and going to him and going to him. And finally he says, you know, she's just going to wear me out. I might as well give her what she wants. And then this is the way it ends. And when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Hmm. The second thing I did uh, and when I've got an assigned passage, like, like this morning, I go into my files and, and see if I can cheat, you know, and there's some other sermon I preach that I can just re-preach. And uh, what all I've done on uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. And so, you know, that's a humbling experience. Because I get amazed that anybody ever listened to some of those sermons or how, well, what, what am I saying? But in one of those sermons, I found reference to the previous chapter, chapter 17. And so I thought, maybe I better go read chapter 17. And, and I did. And of course, the chapter begins with uh, Jesus warning his listeners, um, you know, reminding them that stumbling blocks will come. Things aren't going to be uphill, easy, uh, sailing, you know, there's going to be problems in life. But woe to you or to those who cause stumbling blocks. Kind of a graphic description. He said, better for them that a millstone were tied around their neck and they were thrown into the ocean. Whew. Talk about capital punishment. That, uh, that's enough to scare you. And then for some reason, whether it happened right away or there was some elapse of time, the disciples asked Jesus in verse 5, Lord, Increase our faith. And the rest of the chapter seems to be a, a response of Jesus to uh, growing our faith. Uh, he, he begins by giving the, the story of the mustard seed. Faith like a mustard seed. And if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry bush, be up and thrown into the ocean. I don't know about you. I've never tried that. I'm afraid it wouldn't work on the one hand. And then I'm a little afraid that what the Lord would say is get a pair of gloves and a shovel and go to work. And then he goes on here during this uh, chapter 17, talks about the slave who works all day in the field and uh, comes in and, and instead of being able to sit down to a meal, 
the master tells him to prepare a meal for him. And after the master is eaten, then the slave can eat. Why? Well, because all that the slave has, the, the master has already given to him. So he, you know, he, he should do it gladly. Uh, verse, uh, beginning in verse 19, I think pastors preached on this during this series, the 10 lepers who come to Jesus asking for healing and he heals them and they all go to the priest and one realizes, I'm healed and comes back to Jesus and your faith has made you whole. Verse 21, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? And in that verse and the following verse, Jesus in essence says, it's already here. And then he begins at verse 23, or verse 22, the rest of the chapter appears to be an exposition, a sermon on the second coming of the Lord. I mean, it'll be like lightning. And everybody will see it from one end to the other. Like, you know, you, everybody sees the lightning. And uh, it'll be like the day of, of Noah. When everybody's going about their business. And all of a sudden the flood that wipes them all off the face of the earth. Or like in the day of Lot, when the angel comes and tells Lot to escape from Sodom, to get his wife and his two daughters and their fiancés and leave, and just like that, brimstone falls from heaven and destroys everybody who were going about their everyday affairs. He who, Jesus says here, wants to save his life will lose it, he that is willing to lose his life will save it. And that, that, that provides the backdrop. I, I think the inspiration for the parable that we have this morning, the disciples asking Jesus, increase our faith. Now, what kind of faith is he talking about? In fact, some of the scholars who, who write about Chapter 18, think of uh, talking about the, the Christian faith, meaning all the, the things we believe, the Ten Commandments and the uh, things about Jesus and God and the Second Coming and, and those items that are part of our faith. But most believe that he's talking about the Hebrew writer's definition of faith in chapter 11 of that great epistle, Hebrews where the writer says that uh, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, rewarder of those who seek him. That's the definition we're going with. I'm calling that mature faith. It's not the faith of the apostle Peter who in an emotional moment jumped out of the boat to walk to Jesus. And then he saw the circumstances around him and began to sink, cried out for help. Rather, it's the faith of, well, for example, Job. You know Job's story and how he was most prosperous and respected and had a wonderful family and everything was smooth sealing for him. And then one by one, 
God took it all away. His possessions, his family, his health. In fact, things were so bad that his wife advised him to curse God and die. And you remember what Job responded? Though he slay me, yet I will trust. That's the kind of faith that the Hebrew writer is talking about. And Jesus is trying to extol us to pursue in the parable this morning. It's the faith of the three Hebrew children, you know, Daniel and the three Hebrew children. And the king made this great image and he called everybody together and he said, bow down and worship me. And these three Hebrew children, Meshach, we see it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, make your bed, shake your, shake your bed, make your bed, go to bed. If you have trouble remembering them. Uh, but they, uh, they stood. They didn't bow. And they were given a second chance. And, and the king uh, heated this furnace seven times over, doesn't it say? Seven times over. In fact, it was so hot that the people who threw the, the three Hebrew children into the furnace had their hair chin, chinned shinned, or something like that. Maybe they even died. Did they? I think so. And then they looked in the furnace, and here was four of them. In fact, the the three three guys, with the threat, they said, well, I don't know. We We believe our God can save us, but if not, we will not bow down to another image will be loyal to God. That's the kind of mature faith that Jesus is extolling in the story, the parable this morning. Now, uh, what, what, how do we develop? Oh, by the way, you better be careful what you ask of God. Because if you want him to ex- increase your faith, some bad things are going to happen because that's how faith is increased. Testing it here, finding the rope holds, testing it here, finding the rope holds, keep testing it and finding out more of God's faithfulness until you have that kind of mature faith that we're talking about. Well, if you want to increase your faith, You must uh, be steady in the midst of discouragement. Don't raise your hand, but anybody here been discouraged? I don't want you to raise your hand because we'll look around and we'll all be discouraged. (laughs) Because we'll all raise our hand. And, And we wondered if this really works. Is God really faithful? Does he really answer prayer? Is it really worth it to believe in and follow Jesus Christ? Because discouragement will come. That's the way you develop mature faith. Is hanging in there when things don't go well. When we're disappointed and discouraged, we have opposition and somebody else gets the promotion and I don't. 
when health fails and uh, the kids don't quite do right, uh, when we you know, have money, more bills than we have money to pay them. You know, when life just isn't going right and we're discouraged, will I ever get justice? Will everything work out the way I think they ought to work out? Hold steady when you're discouraged. If you haven't been discouraged yet, you will. But that's how you develop this mature faith of, oh, by the way, Peter, you remember he finally got that mature faith. In fact, tradition tells us that Peter was crucified like Jesus was, but he refused to be crucified like Jesus was. He wanted to be crucified head down because he wasn't worthy, he thought, to be identified with his Savior. That's a turn of affairs for Peter. Instead of running, losing heart, he's willing to go all the way. Uh, not, not only uh, discouraged, but in the midst of a crooked world, sinfulness all around us, the unjust judge who won't do right. You know, we, we understand that we live in a fallen world. And that means things aren't going to work out righteously all the time, maybe not even most of the time. And unrighteousness is going to prosper around us and there's going to be an unjust judge or a boss that isn't fair or a spouse that betrays us. We just live in this kind of broken society with fallen people and even spiritual people that we look up to. We find that they've got feet of clay that they too are fallen and they too disappoint us and don't always do at least what we think is right. That depraved, fallen world, sin all around us, the unjust judge. Um, let me see, uh, what else? When it takes a long, long time, the delays of life. Um, I would imagine, I've noticed a couple of you, you know, nine months can be a long, long, long time. Unless you're waiting for the school bell to ring, you know. Uh, you know, just, you know, we live in this instant generation where we think things should happen for us just like that. You know, I ought to have this instant maturity. It doesn't work that way. Maturity comes because I persevere in the midst of the delays of life. Discouraged. In living in a depraved, sinful world. With people who disappoint us. And the delays that are inevitable in life. We, we, we develop that mature faith by hanging in there, being steady, 
and keep going. Uh, I thought maybe we still had it on our shelf at home. I looked briefly and couldn't find it. But I remember when I was growing up, when I was, you know, like that. You know, uh, we had a bunch of golden books, children's golden books, you know, around. There are still some of them around. And one of them was the, the little engine that could. Anybody familiar with that little story, children's story? Yeah, I see some hands. You know, this, this, this hill, and they can't find a, an engine that's strong enough to get the, the, the train over the hill. And so finally they ask this little engine. And according to my memory, he takes that train with all of its uh, cargo and begins up this, this hill, and he says, I think I can. 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 And he gets to the top and starts down. I thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could. It's that kind of perseverance in the midst of all sorts of opposition and things going wrong and delays that mature faith is developed. There's there's no other way around it. There is an instant faith It's developed by putting on a pair of gloves and starting digging that hole to move that mulberry bush into the ocean. It takes grit. But but this mature faith is always rewarded. The story before us talks about this woman who kept going back and going back and going back and going back to the judge, unrighteous judge, probably wanting a handout and finally, he, he, he's the one that despaired. And he said, you know, if I, if I don't give this lady justice, she's going to blacken my eye. I mean, she's going to assault me. I better, you know, get her off my back by giving her justice and getting her out of my hair. And Jesus tells us in that last verse, or, yeah, first part of verse 8, he, you know, he's comparing himself with the unrighteous judge. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Our Savior, our Lord, our Master, is the very opposite of the unjust judge. The unjust judge cared not for the widow or her concerns. Our Lord cares intimately and personally for each one of us and the struggles that we go through in life, and he's always there for us. He he may not answer our prayers the way we want them or when we want them, because like a parent, he knows better than we know but he's always there walking with us. The verse ends again, or the parable ends again, as I mentioned earlier. It seems to be a primary point of Jesus in this parable. And when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? After a long delay, with all the opposition, the discouragement, the the sinfulness in the world, 
Will he find a people who still believe that he is faithful? Will he still find them? I, uh, I don't know, I was reminded recently of it. I graduated from college back in 1966 in the dark ages. I took my first church that August, 1966, and I remember the morning. I don't remember what day of the week it was, but June 5th, 1967. I had my clock radio set. It must have been on the, on the hour because I woke up to the news and I didn't have any trouble that morning getting awake because the news was that Israel had bombed Egypt. It was the beginning of the six-day war, and I woke up like that knowing that the end had come. If if nothing happens in the next couple weeks, that'll be 55 years ago. In fact, if I understand right, the apostles in the New Testament expected Jesus to come in their lifetime. How long ago was that? When God comes again, will he find that kind of faith? Will he find you and me with that kind of faith that has persevered and persevered and first persevered and held on and held on and held on so that our faith is vital and mature. Well, we won't hear the news. We'll be up in the sky because Jesus has come again. I don't know who put together the worship this morning, the order of worship and so forth, and I don't know if they did it before or after. Uh, They learned the title of my sermon this morning. Whichever it is. Leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. Everlastingly. Is the challenge of the parable this morning. Our Father. Help us to be patient. Through all the obstacles of life and the opposition. So that when Jesus comes, we're ready and faithful in following him. Amen. You've been listening to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast from Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We hope this week's sermon helped you learn to know and love Jesus more and serve him in your unique place in the world. If you have feedback or questions, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at wakeparkchurch.org.